0: Well, let's get into our municipal watch feature for the day. And uh, joining us is Ms. Buleng Kladjoyo, who is the acting executive manager, strategic management support in the office of the ombudsman for the city of Johannesburg. Ms. Klajwayo, good morning to you and thank you for your time. Uh,
1: Good morning, Cathy, and good morning to listeners. Thank you for having us.
0: So before we start perhaps just with some of the more common issues that people can bring or that you do uh, have to work, that that you do have to try and work through as the Office of the Ombudsman, let's talk about the cases that people can bring uh, before you. What kind of matters do you deal with? Uh,
1: Thank you for the question, Kathy. As the office of the ombudsman, uh, we are responsible for investigating service delivery and human rights violation in relation to local government. So that means that any service delivery maladministration or human rights violation that residents of Johannesburg experience due to the city not having delivered what should they they should have delivered, and then this is the office of last instance that they can approach in order to have their matter resolved, meaning that they have tried to attempt to to resolve the matter with the entity or the department in the city, but they have not still managed to get a resolution. And this is where the office comes in as an office of last instance to ensure that we can assist the resident to be able to get a response and a a solution from the city. Thank
0: you what are some of the most common misconceptions about the role of the ombudsman and the matters that you deal with
1: um firstly um, we are still a young office and the and the level of awareness and the level of understanding of the issues that we deal with it still is not reached a certain level within within our scope of work so we find that we sometimes have to deal with matters that are outside of our jurisdiction we receive complaints for example having to deal with um uh, issues that might be related to insurance or being to other matters that are all right, Ms. Ms.
0: Chachwayo, we seem to be losing you on the line there. I'm going to ask uh, our producers just to try and get you up back up on a different line. We're in conversation with the Office of the Ombudsman. And, of course, they're explaining the work that they do. It's the Ombudsman specifically for the city of Johannesburg. As you heard there, they investigate matters of service delivery, they investigate maladministration. Uh, understand, uh, bullying is back on the line. So you just you were just telling us about some of the misconceptions uh, that people have about the work you do. Uh,
1: sorry, Kathy. Uh, I gather that uh, we, we lost each other there a little bit earlier. Um, some of the misconceptions is not understanding the type of issues that is within our scope. For example, matters that have got to do with national uh, departments and, and national entities, anything to do to do with, for example, um, Transnet, parastatals, and so forth. It's, those are the type of issues that we can handle. We, our scope only allows us to deal with matters of local government.
0: So, if we are to look at your complaints list right now, what would you say are the more common issues um, that residents are bringing before you?
1: Uh, Kathy, on 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 our list, normally a majority of our complaints would come from billing, which is obviously a very uh, a, a sensitive and important matter for for residents because obviously it it, it touches on their purse. And in their pockets, we deal with the issue of potholes. It's also one of the most common ones. The issue of electricity in terms of city power. Those are, are, you know, at high level, some of most um, of the complaints that we receive from residents.
0: Let's start with the question of billing. For a number of years, there have been big issues where... Um, The bills that are issued by the city of of Johannesburg are concerned. I mean, we've seen people stand in long queues at the metro trying to get to the bottom of why it is that their bills look the way they do. And often, um, you know, the allegation there is that it's just not correct what people are being charged. So when it comes to resolving those cases or perhaps even understanding what is leading to those cases would you say the ombudsman has helped provide light uh, there for the city and for residents
1: yes definitely uh kathy um as an officer of the ombudsman i ex- uh, as, as I tried to explain slightly earlier. We're an office of last instance, so when residents approach our offices of revenue, which are the ones that are responsible for billing, normally some some of the the, the complaints might get resolved at that stage. But after a, a, a couple of um, uh, um, uh, interactions with revenue, and the resident still finds that they are unable to resolve their matter, they then approach our office to find a solution, and that is where we come in. So as an office, uh, the bylaw, which is how the office was established, um, allows us to do what we call proactive investigation or own, own instance investigation, which are systemic investigations where we say, this problem looks like it's a global problem and it looks like m- m- most of the complainants are coming from that area, we then do uh, that, that, that type of an investigation where we look at more a global and like looking at an incident-to-incident type of investigation. We did that report. Uh, We we did look into the matters uh, uh, that are causing billing to continue to be an issue for residents. And that report was then shared with the executive of the city in, in terms of the implementation. It was well received by the leadership of the city, and it has filtered through the system. And um, we find that ever since that report has been uh, shared with the city for implementation, we, they have seen and we have also seen a reduction in terms of complaints. And some of the issues that um, came out of that report is the fact that we need to integrate and strengthen our our internal processes in terms of integration. So revenue is a number of departments. You've got your electricity, your water, your rates and taxes, and, and all of those different uh, entities uh, then uh, put their um, billing into the revenue uh, department, which then becomes responsible for revenue uh, uh, billing. So w- we found that that system was not mo- smooth and some of the information might have been falling through the cracks in, in, uh, 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 when that billing process has got to happen. So we made some recommendations to the city in terms of how can they strengthen that integration of ensuring that the billing system is more integrated and in the way that they handle billings that information does not fall through the cracks. So... There is a number of ways to say, you know, the, 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 the training that has got to do with the people that are, hand, are handling billing. That also came as one of the gaps that the city can strengthen. So, but like I say, that report is sitting it's on an ongoing report that the city is implementing because there were quite a number of uh, recommendations that we made. But yes, indeed, we have made a difference through our report in ensuring that we advise the city, we give the city recommendations to strengthen their processes so that we can lessen the frustration and, and the complainants on the site of the residents.
0: Oh, on the one hand, where it comes to the broader issues that, that people are facing, like billing, um you talk about the investigations that you do. But that doesn't mean that you're not getting individual complaints that residents are bringing to your attention. How are you dealing with those?
1: In terms of the individual uh, complaints that we receive, uh, we do have a process in the uh, in in the office where they are then locked with our intake department that then goes into the detail of understanding what exactly is is, is 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 the situation with each case. Then after gathering the facts, we then determine if this complaint is within our jurisdiction to deal with. And if it's within our jurisdiction, it's then allocated to our investigations unit, which then begins to conduct an investigation on that particular individual a, a matter a, 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 as an ombudsman, so starting to contact the entity to gain their sight of the story and gain facts in terms of what has unfolded in this particular case. Then the investigation goes on, then there are findings. But what is also interesting and maybe worthy of noting is to say not all complaints, we find that the city is always in the wrong. After some investigations, we do find that in residents themselves, maybe they Maybe through not understanding some of the things how the city works, or you know interpreting some of the information that maybe is on the billing uh, a, a statements and so forth, you find that it's not always that the city is wrong, but what is important is that at least a resident has come to a position where they've got clarity and they are comfortable and that they feel that the ombudsman office has assisted them to resolve the matter.
0: and and again on 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 the question of of billing. It takes so long sometimes for the issues that people are raising to be resolved. How are you ensuring that people are not having to wait months on end uh, while they wait for the outcome of, of, of investigations? Because what the city will then do is that if they charge you X amount for either your rates and taxes, your electricity, whatever the case might be, and if they say that you are defaulting, on, on those payments, often they'll cut you off, even though um, the matter is currently under dispute.
1: Thank you for, for that question, Cathy. Um Quite an important one. Um, what happens is that the, once the, the, the complaint and the resident has been put forward a complaint with revenue, they've got their own standard operating procedure or their own, you know, service delivery turnaround times that they've got to adhere to in order to to, to respond to the residents. So it would differ per case for case, because some cases are complex. They actually have got to involve an engineer going after and doing some certain findings around the flow of water is it counted properly and so forth. And some are easy to say, let us go and verify if the meter rating is accurate and so forth. So the time frame would differ according to the complexity of the matter. But then what is important, which is for me also important to address in terms of what we do as an Office of the Ombudsman, is to say once the resident has felt that they've exhausted the process of billing or revenue department and they still have not gotten you know, a satisfactory response from the entity, we come in and then we then ensure that we take it up uh, we become an independent investigator into the matter between revenue and the resident. And on our side, once the matter has been locked, a resident has locked it on our side. We have, you know, found that it is a valid a, a complaint for us to investigate. Then we put a hold on that account, meaning the revenue department or billing cannot cut you off until such a time that we have the matter has been resolved. So that's also some of the powers. Uh, 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 in the, uh, the the authority that we have as an office of the ombudsman, to say once the matter is with us, it's valid. We want we want to then ensure that we protect the resident from having those type of inconveniences of being cut off and so forth. Then that the the, the billing department puts a hold on that account until then the matter is finalised with the office of the ombudsman.
0: Uh, I've got more questions for you, and of course we'll also take calls from our listeners on zero double one seven one four two. Double zero six—that's the number to dial this morning on the WhatsApp line zero six one four one zero four one zero seven—and on Twitter at SFM Radio the hashtag there SFM Talking Point. Are there specific issues that you think the office of the ombudsman for the City of Johannesburg needs to be investigating? Have you laid complaints with the ombudsman? What has been your experience uh, in as far as the resolution? of those matters is concerned. Uh, I'll take those calls shortly. Let me go to John. John, you're calling us from the Eastern Cape. Good morning.
2: Sure. Hello, Cathy. Morning, and morning to the Ombudsman. Um, I didn't understand in the, begin- that in the beginning that the Ombudsman ombud was only for Jamesburg. Mm. Do, are there other ombuds for other municipalities that she's aware of, and is there only the major metropoles That's the first question.
0: -hmm. Ms.
1: Tajoyo? Yes, Uh, thank you, John, for that question. Thank you, Kathy. But I I just had part of the question, if I can repeat. John, John
0: is asking if we have a similar ombudsman for other areas.
1: There are different ombudsmen for different sectors. For example, the insurance uh, 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 industry would have their own. This one is Oh, I think, I think, I think, I
0: think he yes. meant municipalities. Municipalities, yes. okay. Yes. Um, in terms of
1: uh, that, I can only comment on our side in terms of the one for ombudsmen. Ombudsman, I don't have other accurate information to share in relation to other entities.
0: Okay. Okay. That's fine. Uh, we, we seem to have lost John, but I think there's something else that that he wanted to add. Wanted to sorry, ask. Yeah, Sorry, John. He's also uh, on the road. Sounds like he's traveling there. So, so again, uh, you, you know, one of the one of the questions that I wanted to ask you about was due process. So where it is found that the city is not following due process when it comes to the handling, uh, specifically of people's accounts, how do you deal with that?
1: Uh, once a complaint is been lost with us, we approach revenue for them to provide us effects of that particular case, what they've investigated so far and what has been their findings. We then check against what should have been. Then once we find that there's a discrepancy, we then call what we call a conciliation meeting with, between the resident and Billing where we then are facilitating a conversation where we can find a solution between the revenue department and and, and and the resident. You know, it can be many, it could be, you know, there's an arrangement that needs to be entered into, there's a ratification that needs to be made by billing and so forth. So each case would be unique in relation to that, but we would then come in and ensure that by the end of that particular discussion, we then enter into an agreement with the resident, which is what we call a settlement agreement, to say these are the things that the billing department to, to resolve the matter. And these are the things that the resident as well uh, uh, concedes with in terms of uh, 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 resolving the matter, and then we ensure that that settlement is then implemented by the city.
0: We'll continue our conversation with Ms. Buleng Kladroyo. She is with the Office of the Ombudsman for the city of Johannesburg.
3: The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana, weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday.
0: We're still continuing our municipal watch feature today. Uh, We're in conversation with the ombudsman for the city of Johannesburg. Uh, Ms. Buling Tlajwayo is our guest and she's handling all of the questions you may have when it comes to matters uh, that need investigation. So we've discussed bullying at length. We'll get to potholes and electricity shortly. John in the Eastern Cape, you're back on the line. Hello, John.
2: Yes, thanks. Sorry about that, Kathy. No problem. Uh, so, thanks. Now, I've got the answer to the last question. Kathy, um, I mean, you know better than anybody else that the problems of municipalities are virtually across the board. Uh, and so is it, it must be clear to everyone that there's, there's a systemic problem within within how municipalities operate. And, you know, it, it stems back, it goes back to the new dispensation that was introduced where we went from a situation where councillors were elected in their personal capacity and in their in their own right as councillors. They were people known by their communities, trusted. They had a track record of service within their community. And then that was replaced with the party political system, where people are, uh, candidates are chosen by their parties and they're elected in a party capacity. And that's where the whole breakdown has happened. It's... It's introduced contestation into uh, local government where the different parties compete against each other and they do their best to disrupt because they don't want the party that's in power to succeed. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't know whether that's an observation that the ombudsman has herself made, but even Salga has said that we need to change the entire system of local government. The political parties aren't going to do it because they have a direct vested interest in it. They make, for every councillor, the party gets money. And uh, so they're not going to change the system. The system suits them, whether it works or not.
0: You for know, the, John, you're yes. raising such an interesting point because uh, in the run-up to the elections, uh, the Ombudsman's office was actually oh. talking about expecting an increase in the, the number of complaints that, that, that they received. And it seemed to be directly linked to the fact that there was an election taking place. And uh, like you're saying, that sometimes uh, there will be a lot of point scoring on the part of um, political parties. Yes. Yeah. All right. Let, let me yeah. actually ask... Um, uh, I'm interested to know whether that's uh, on,
2: on management's own um, obligation, yeah. whether she's come to that same conclusion, that we need an entire change in the local government system. The current system, which has only been with us for uh, not more than 20 years, and quite a bit less, it was introduced during the 2000s. Let um, me give her a
0: chance to respond, John. A complete failure. Thank you very much. All right. Uh Pule? Okay. Uh, Thank you so much, John,
1: uh, for for that input. And he's really raised a very interesting and important uh, point. Um, On our side, it's just to say local government has got uh, different uh, uh, forums or different platforms that that have got delegation or authority to handle certain things. So on our side, our scope would be to investigate service delivery and human rights maladministration. And that also uh, uh, says at, at what level we can. For example, we cannot enter into decisions that a council has made. Um, we cannot, you know, investigate those because council has got its own powers and they also have their scope in terms of how, what are the decisions and, and what can happen in terms of council. Then in terms of councillors as well, local government has got what they call an integrity commissioner which is one specifically that looks into councillors' matters that communities might have with councillors that have been elected by residents. And then he also then handles those on our side. For example, we cannot then go into into such matters. So there is different forums, and and I think as well, it's just a question of continuous education, engagement, and and stakeholder, you know, a, a, a conversation that must always be ongoing for us to to, to have a, a clear understanding of what are the different avenues that we can use as residents, that residents can use in order to ensure that their matters are filtered through the right processes to be able to get a solution.
0: And and on the issue of politics and it trickling and affecting uh, the work that is actually taking place in municipalities, how do you find that that affects your office?
1: Yeah, uh, that then it's outside of our scope. Uh, it, it's, it's a matter that we can't uh, investigate. It's a matter that we can't get into. But local government itself has got those platforms. For example, they've got what they call an, an, an integrated development plan where they allow residents to have an input into the planning and organizing and budget, budgetary you know, uh, um, plans of the municipality where uh, residents can get involved in order to make sure that their voice are heard and they can participate into whatever that the municipality is planning into the next financial year or or, or short term uh, and so forth.
0: Mm. Koti you're calling us from Bulukwane. Good morning.
4: Hi, how are you ma'am? I'm
0: alright, how are you?
4: I'm okay, I'm 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 uh, you know what, this is? I, um, I hear what the ombudsman is saying, but I can tell you on the ground it's quite a different issue altogether, where sometimes it leaves even the residents with no any option but just to go on street and greet and so forth. I'm speaking here having experience with local government because I'm a property valuer. I'm doing general valuation roles for the municipalities. Um, somewhere down the line in terms of the law, that is applicable. Uh, like I had uh, saying, that uh, when you place a query, an issue of continue paying your rates and taxes, it's typically clear that uh, um, when you have submitted a query or uh, a review on valuations, that does not uh, exempt you from not paying your rates and taxes while your matter are not still taken into consideration. You continue paying. Otherwise, they're going to switch off your lights or either they will. They will uh, they will charge you more because of your spending time you not pay. So you have to continue paying. And on the issue of IDP, it's quite different because the IDP itself, how municipality is using it, they're using it wrongly. Before the matter reached IDP, it could have been gone through what is uh, called uh, um, community participation. Because once it's in the IDP, the budget is decided, the they, 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 the project already is in place. So the community does not have the power to refuse uh, such an, a, 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 a proposal. And actually, it is not for the community to refuse or to reject, but it's for the community to have an input. Like the municipality will just put that in the IDP, and which is not thoroughly advertised to the laymen on the street that could be able to go and attend such meetings like that of the IDP. In actual fact, community participation it is not well followed in the in the municipalities because they will advertise in English in certain newspapers and all mm-hmm. that, and the lay people they cannot get a hold of, of those newspapers or the adverts they say, and they are affected every, every day. Mm-hmm. So what I would suggest is that uh, uh, the ombudsman should they have a general a general meeting where we will be involved. Where we will be invited as valuers, to come and give an input. People are people are dying here with payments on the ground. Like some of the municipalities cannot mention the name. Um, you know, the society called me to come and help them, to dump the contracts and come and help them to recover their, what they've been built for. It's a shame because the municipality will be, will be bankrupted. They're left with no money. And I think of maybe they deal you with a... Uh, 10.8 million of a property that worth 1.6 million 1.3 million for five years how much are you going to recoup from the ministry it's a lot of money so there's what, a lot and of, and and, and what you're saying
0: God, is such a big one where valuations are concerned eh? Hey?
4: yes 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 yes. It, it, it is and some of the officials They've got the guts, the internal violence, they've got the guts to change the values of the people mm. just when they like that without following a proper procedure. Mm. It, 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 it's bad. I, I had one case, Katie, uh, that uh, a, 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 a landowner was selling the property to the municipality. Um, therefore, I have to value that that land. That land was valued for 17 million. But that very municipality was building that 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 man for 16.5 million, and, but they want to buy it with 13 million. Are you saying wow. that person is stupid?
0: Yeah, it's ridiculous. it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Really? That yeah. person will
4: sue you and say, no, you've been dealing with such a lot of money, but you want to buy it from me, you want to buy it with peanuts. There's a, a lot that needs to be done on the local government level. All
0: right. It's just
4: that we don't have platforms where we can engage nationally or provincially. We are just outside the scope of this where we can be able to advise. Because mm. where we're supposed to have a platform to advise, as uh, the Ombudsman saying that the community mm. participation, it is not well done, it is not well run.
0: Okay, Koti, let's leave it there for this morning. I'll give pulling an opportunity to respond to you after this break.
3: SAFM, leading the conversation. The Talking Point with Kathimo Sasana, Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday.
0: Well, speaking about the work that is done by the Ombudsman and particularly uh, for the city of Johannesburg, the kind of complaints they deal with, and if effectively how they feed into that oversight mechanism and ensuring that service delivery is improving in the city. Puleng uh, is with the Office of the Ombudsman, and uh, she's jo- she's our guest for this hour. Puleng uh, gotti raised uh, a lot of crucial points uh, in that call before to break let me give you a chance to respond to them
1: yeah indeed kethikoti um raised very um interesting and and you know um important points and uh, some of them i was thinking to myself you know these are good suggestions that i would want to share with my colleagues who are then responsible for different processes in the city for IDP, you know, um, uh, you know, our strategy department and, uh, is involved for with, with that, and the speaker's office as well. So, those we will, you know, as an office in different engagements that we have with departments, I will raise them uh, with them to say, you know, you know, uh, uh, some of the suggestions around how he says we can they can improve the IDP process and so forth. But on our side, as a, as an office of the ombudsman, then that becomes a valid uh, um, a thing for us to look, a valid matter for us to look at once it has been lost with our with our office as a formal complaint and then we can then look into the facts of those some of the things that he has raised around evaluations and so forth you know and um, then we then get into the detail of that particular case and we look at the facts and then we are able to conduct an investigation that will then make the 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 necessary you know, um, outcome or uh, 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 provide necessary solutions for the residents. So very important ones that he has raised. And in terms of saying, you know, let us have a general meeting, let us have platforms where we can engage the office of the ombudsman, very important as well. Uh, It's also, you know, something that we also very keen on, and and on an ongoing basis we have what we call outreach programs. We have presence in the different regions of the city where we've got ombudsmen and ambassadors that are on a day-to-day in, in, in contact with communities, in, in, in offices that are you know city-based, in malls, in, you know, in different platforms. We go out, we do community outreaches, and we are able to stay in contact and be able to stay close to communities so that on an ongoing basis we know you know, uh, what communities um, Christ are and we are able to work together with them.
0: On the question of being proactive in identifying issues in communities, why is it that we still continue to see um, problems and you spoke about potholes and, and electricity as being among the top complaints that you receive. Why do we continue to see, uh, you know, these problems plague the city in the way that they do, despite the existence of of your office. So we'll have community members that are protesting over electricity, over potholes. Um, And I wonder where you are in in this conversation.
1: Yeah, Uh, we uh, we are on our side, uh, Kathy, like I explained, we have a process where we call proactive investigation. When we see that a complaint from a particular department, a particular area, are, you know, are increasing in number. We then conduct what we call our own, own instance, where we then call on to that entity to come and work with us to find out what, what really is, is happening in that space so that we can make a more global recommendation for the problem to be solved on a bigger scale than on, a, on an incident-to-incident. And an example would be a you know, systematic uh, report that we did in relation to billing. But, you know, it becomes a very difficult one to answer because each case is unique. But what I can tell you and, and, and i you on is that once we've done a systemic or a proactive investigation, we always see a positive result as an office. We always see that when an entity starts to implement those findings that we put forward to them, uh, we find that then there is a decrease. They also report a decrease on their side in relation to that. So, in terms of portals, for example, we are looking into the issue of portals as a systemic We are seeing an increase of potholes. We are dealing with it incident by incident and finding out what has unfolded. But we are then looking into a proactive investigation that we will share that report when we are done, you know, with yourself, media and different stakeholders to say, this is what we recommend the city can do to solve this problem on a broader
0: scale. But when it comes to potholes, have you done any investigations into that? We have
1: done uh, investigations for case-by-case for residents that have approached our office for a solution, but we are currently initiating our own uh, systemic investigations when we are then looking at it from a global perspective. So what really is the issue from a global perspective, not from an incident to incident? We are currently busy with it. We have not finalized the report. We will share it once we have finalized it.
0: Let me go to the phone lines in Johannesburg. Eunice, good morning, Eunice. Yeah,
3: hi there, Kathy. I just hi. switched on now. You've got the ombudsman on there. And talking of portals, you won't believe it. Ten minutes ago, I was actually phoning the JRA here in Johannesburg trying to get hold of the MD because there's no service here. The depots, if I won't mention the depot's name, I contacted a particular depot about a serious problem to be told by a manager a few weeks ago that we don't have vehicles to transport the workers. Now, surely, as taxpaying citizens, JRA cannot tell us that the workers are not getting paid every month. And to have such, I mean, ridiculous answers like that, I don't think it's on. So how does the Ombudsman help residents? We'd like to set up a meeting with her and call the JRA top officials because really this entire job, all you see is portals. I myself burst a few tires not long ago. And I mean, really, it's costing us money because of non they don't want to work, they don't want to fix
4: the portals, and it's laxy-daisy attitude from JRA. So what is the way forward in meeting the uh, Ombudsman? All
0: right. Eunice, thanks for that. Bule? Uh, thank you, Cathy. Actually, I didn't get the name. His name is Eunice.
1: Eunice. Okay. Mm. Thank you so much uh, for that important uh, um, input from Yunus. Um, I would love and and I like the fact that he's, he's you know he's interested in approaching our office. I'd love for him to contact our office so that we can look into you know the merit, the, the the facts and and uh, of that particular case that he specifically mentioned. But um, I'm encouraged that he wants to contact our office. I will provide our contact at the end and uh, he can log a complaint and then we'll be able to look into the details of what he, he has uh, shared with us right now.
0: Yeah, but, but I imagine you're aware, you're very well aware of the pothole problems in an area like the city of Joburg. We're going to take a quick break. I'm back with Boulen Kadroi.
3: The Talking Point with Kathy Motlathana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday.
0: All right, a number of your voice notes coming through for Bullying. Uh, Bullying. what I'm going to do is that I'm going to uh, play the voice notes and then you can respond to each of them after uh, we have played them, okay? Thank you
1: so much, Cathy. All right. Hi, Cathy. Can you ask the lady of the ombudsman to let us know what is their turnaround
0: time from the time when one has launched the complaint? What is their turnaround time? And how they how how often
1: do they give you a feedback like an update is to say this is where your case is now, this is where your case is. So because
3: Yeah, please just ask that for me. Thank
5: you. Bless you. Hello You are speaking to
0: Alright, before we get to the second one, let me give you a chance to respond to that one, Boole.
1: Okay, thank you so much for that opportunity. Our turnaround times, when you lock a complaint with us, within 21 days, we will be able to provide you feedback. One to say that the complaint is a valid complaint within our scope and we will be investigating it and we will be notifying you of the investigator that has been allocated. And once the investigator has been allocated, you then have their uh, mobile number, you have their email address and contact to be able to, to... to be able to stay in touch with them, so then uh, that that is established at that time. If then uh, uh, after 21, uh, before 21 days, if the matter is not uh, for us to investigate, we also then refer. And so your matter belongs to this particular ombudsman, or please go back to the department as you have not exhausted the process of the department. But then uh, you can always come back to us once you've done that. So we will give a relevant response case by case within 21 days for you to know where your, your complaint stands. I All hope right. that answers the listener. Thank All you right. so much.
5: Dr. Sketty, you are speaking to nati in four I just wanted to ask the lady, what's the process when the city of Johannesburg, when the city is supposed to be coming to be switching off the water on your house, if maybe you are owing (coughs) a certain amount? Because when I woke up, they didn't even come to my house. They didn't even do anything. I just woke up and then the electricity was switched off. Then they just left like a, a piece of paper at the bottom of the door. So I just wanted to know what the process when the city is supposed to be switching off the water onto the house. And then I had to pay 5,000 in order for them to switch off the water back on, and then I paid. So, mm.
0: yeah. And so many people have had that experience, Bullying. Excuse Hi, did you hear that voice note? Yes, I did. Okay. I did. Thank yeah. you.
1: Yeah, from Unati. Um, it's, for the billing department to, to switch off a resident and electricity order, they need to have provided a notice, which normally gives them 14 days to respond, to pay or to come and make an arrangement. And it will stay where they must come and make that arrangement. Then failing which, that's when then they'll get into the termination process. Um if then the process was not followed, that could also, you know, uh, they could approach the billing department as a complaint to say, I did not receive a notice, uh, I was just switched off. They look into it. Failing which, they, they don't then uh, rectify or provide the resident a solution. The the, the resident can can approach our office and we look at what really unfolded in that particular case. Was the resident treated, you know, according to how they should be treated in terms of the standards of revenue? before they switch off um, electricity or water.
0: For, 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 for departments that are repeat offenders, so again, when you look at some of the broader issues, you call them global issues, I think it would be clear that um, there are people who've had similar experiences to what UNATI has. And that kind of behavior is not changing. And, and I wonder what you do then
1: thank you kathy um as the office of the ombudsman what we do when we see that an entity is not responding to you know our recommendations we then approach the accounting officer in the city which is the city manager and then we bring that to his attention and what is also worthy of noting is to say we, we wanted the ombudsman office to to really uh, be taken uh, um, seriously so that it can really provide you know an area where residents can come and find solutions or can find hope um, for, for, for for their for their complaints all the heads of departments in the city in different departments and entities they have on their scorecard which is linked to to their performance management to say, is your department resolving uh, ombudsman um, uh, uh, complaints? Are they implementing the recommendations of the ombudsman? And when they have that performance management process with the city manager, that's where we send the report. City manager requests that we send a report before he does that, and we do then highlight at that time to say these are the areas where we are not finding Jordan And when they have that performance, and it will impact on the head of department negatively, if the recommendations of the ombudsman are not being implemented, and that has, you know, has uh, a cost that the department is taking. seriously as each head of department realizes that they have got that responsibility uh, in line with their performance to ensure that our recommendations are implemented. Uh,
0: very quickly, I've got a question here. Due to load shedding, uh, some of the appliances in my house got damaged. Can the ombudsman help me process a claim uh, from the municipality, H- and from Isaac? There.
1: Okay. Thanks for that question from Isaac. I will just encourage Isaac to reach out to our office so that he can then, you know, complete the form where he states all the the facts of that particular case or incident. We will look into it. We will get in touch with him, and we will be able to provide him a solution.
0: Okay. All right. Let's leave it there for this morning. Uh, your contact details, very quickly. Um, thank you, Kathy, for 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 the opportunity. Um, our number is zero one zero.
1: 288-2800. Residents can also log on to our website, www.joburgombudsman.org.za. They can also uh, send an email to us, complaints with an S at the end, at jolbergombudsman.org.za.
0: All right. Thank you so much for coming on to the show for today. Uh, that's where we leave it with Municipal Watch. It's also where we leave it for uh, the talking point on this Tuesday afternoon. Tomorrow is a public holiday, Freedom Day. I hope you will have a wonderful one. Of course, uh, stay tuned on to I'll certainly be uh, with you on the airwaves tomorrow as well. For now, let me hand you over to the update at noon with Sakina. Sakina, good afternoon.